This is React Podcast. I'm Chantastic. Today, I get to sit with one of my favorite people to chat with, Sarah Vieira. And the main topic today is identity, how to be yourself despite your shortcomings. We talk about being open about mental illness, the importance of building dumb shit that makes you happy, and the surprisingly unglamorous lifestyle of a conference speaker. And finally, she answers a long-standing question for me, what the hell is a developer advocate? This episode of React Podcast is made possible by Linode. Instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud. Get a server running in seconds with your choice of Linux distro, resources, and node location. Now offering dedicated CPU instances designed for consistent, high-performance computing needs like video encoding, game servers, and busy application servers. You've heard a ton about Linode this past month, how I love to use it as a development server for my iPad. They're terrific reliable user interface, their fantastic API and CLI tools, and their amazing documentation. Linode truly has it together and their support is bar none. Give them a try today and get a $20 credit with the promo React2019. You can have that code automatically applied by visiting linode.com slash react. That's L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash react. Sarah, I am so excited to have you on the show again. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. I honestly, I was going to pitch the episode that you were on in the past, but I forgot to look up the number, uh, just in all honesty. I think it's like 13. I can I can look that up if you want. Like, I have internet. You don't have internet in your house. <laughs> I, I I do, but I can't talk and type at the same time. Oh, oh yeah, that's a men thing, right? It is. It is. No, I, 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 don't, I don't have that here. Okay, that is twelve. Twelve. Yes. Okay. I, I, I almost I almost sent everyone to uh to to Kurt Kempel's. That's uh, good. We can't, we can't have that. <laughs> he's he's a nice guy, he's but nice you know guy. we want to send people to the right place. Reactpodcast.com slash twelve is the last time we talked with Sarah, and uh, she had some incredible insights about coming to react for the first time and what she was doing then. But today, I just kind of want to get a sense of, I want to get more of a sense of you. Okay, so what happened was they had me before they actually like searched anything about me as a person. And they're like, <laughs> that girl's got some followers. We should have it on a react podcast. And then they looked me up as a person. Like, oh, we have actual questions. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't running the show back then. <laughs> oh, that's your excuse. It's Michael's fault. Nice. It's Michael's fault. I blame it on Michael. <laughs> so I um I really enjoy your presence. I love seeing your like tweets. I love the activity that you do, all that kind of stuff. Um, but most of all, I just love that you have really seemed to come into like a sense of yourself and who you are. And I wanted to ask you how you how you got there. Like I know that you've done a lot of work in just kind of like unburdening yourself from like social things and kind of the stresses that you felt like you had to like oblige. Um, and like, really, you're like so vibrant. And I wanted to know, like, what kind of work went into becoming Cerevere? I think most of the thing is that, so I struggle a lot. I mean, she goes going to get deep, like in the first two minutes. That's amazing. That's a new record for me. <laughs> so I, I, I actually, I struggle a lot with anxiety. Like I've done talks about it. That's not a secret. I also struggle a lot with having low self-esteem, which by 
a, during a long time, I try to fight it with just trying to be someone else because it's just easier to be someone else. Until I got to a point where I realized that that didn't help at all. Like that actually made it worse because I realized that what would happen is that when people met me, I would be a completely different person. And this actually happened once back when I used to be like super nice on the internet and just said thank you to everyone and then like didn't actually show my real personality. I met Kitse and I think that was actually the turning point. It's fucking Kitse's fault. I met Kitse. And he was like, oh, my God, you're so you, you just made a that's what she said joke. Like, that's not what I expected from you. And I was like, oh, that's right. I'm very nice on the Internet. I should I should not do that. that makes- <laughs> oh, should I not do that? Should I not do that? Here? <laughs> no, you should be nice. You should be a decent human being. But like, I didn't actually show that I was an idiot. And I was like, hmm, this is right, which is weird by, by itself. Um, but I think it was one of those things where I got to a point where I realized that being trying to do something else would not help because it would not be the real me. So I would just be like, mm. you know what? Fuck it. And if, if someone doesn't like it, they don't like it. And that's fine because I don't know these people. So that's fine. And also I feel like it gives you a, a sort of um, a barrier around you mm-hmm. because it also like, it keeps out the dicks. Like this is a real thing. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So I have two examples of keeping out dicks. Okay. The first example is, <laughs> We have this meetup in Berlin and London that started in London called React.js Girls. So the idea is anyone, anyone can attend, but only women speak. And this has been oh, said plenty of times on the internet. Like ev- everyone in London, not everyone, but like people who go to meetups know that any man can attend. But what happens is that dude who, doesn't, who does not believe that he can learn anything from women does not go. So it's like so nice. <laughs> yeah, so there's some like built-in gatekeeping with, uh, with that strategy. Yes. And so if you are one of those people on the internet, mostly if you're a girl and gay, so like you're everything that people supposedly hate. So you're a girl <laughs> and you're gay and you just curse at everyone and you don't give a fuck. Like those people are not going to follow you because you're just going to get pissed. So you end up with like the most blessed timeline of your life. Like people are so nice to me on Twitter. It's so weird. Like I remember when Sarah Drown was just like, people are so shit on Twitter. And I'm like, I have no idea what you mean. I got, I got the best. I got, I got a nice Twitter. I got a real nice Twitter. Cause I'm just like, fuck you. Here's something about mental health. And they're like, I have no idea what the fuck is wrong with this girl. And I like it. I'm like, cool. (laughs) (laughs) That is really interesting. I feel like I, you're, you're bringing some clarity to the way that I behave like, like in person, I think I haven't, I haven't gotten to that, that level of serenity that you have with, with, with Twitter um, and being able to have, It's cheaper here, Michael. <laughs> I know, I know. It sounds it sounds amazing. You're you're describing a really amazing paradise, and I just have to be more of a dick online. <laughs> just curse a lot. That's that's all you gotta do. Just swear a lot. Yeah. I had someone who told me that I curse more on Twitter than on real life, so I started cursing more on real life. <laughs> it's all about bringing your like personality into balance. <laughs> I like matching your uh, your online and and personal uh, identities. I remember it, pretty much every time I hang out with Ken Wheeler at a conference, there's someone who says like holy shit, like you're just like you are online. Like I thought that was I thought that was a joke or like a like a formed internet persona. And he's like, "No, dude. <laughs> this is the real me." Yeah. I think I think that's what everyone should like I know it's it's kind of it's hard, mm-hmm. but I think one of the things that I got in my favor was that when I started doing that, I didn't actually have a lot of followers, so I didn't have to care. So I actually got the followers after I started acting like an idiot. 
So I was just like, I guess there's no need to change now. So that's good. But it is, it's a, it's a, I think that's the same thing that happened with Ken Wheeler. Also, I don't think he's capable of having two different personas. Uh, no, but no, that's no, a completely I, yeah. different story. <laughs> it's like a, that's, just, that's a man thing, and it's not a man thing. But um, <laughs> it's like it's not easy. Mostly if you're just like you're a person that has been on the internet for a while, and you're like you're respected by the community, <laughs> <laughs> and like you decide, you know what? I'm gonna curse like I do in real life, and I'm gonna be this asshole human that I am on real life, and everyone's just gonna be like, "Are you okay?" And you're gonna think that you you're okay? dying. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> You okay there, Michael? You're not. <laughs> the worst question to ask anyone. Do I look awfully white or awfully like strong? <laughs> do I do I look bad? Do I look do I not look okay? Oh my god! Am I missing NHS. A, am I missing a limb? <laughs> I need them health insurance. <laughs> so, so you have become quite a. Uh, you have a site that is just dedicated to like meme photos of you. Yeah, like, but no, I did that. Sad, That's not a weird eating. fan thing. I just wanted you to know. that. No, I, I, it's a weird, it's a weird you thing and I love it. <laughs> so how did that, how did that come about? How did it start that you started collecting these photos of like you looking sad or angry or okay, so what, eating lunch? I actually have an answer for that. So um, last year I went, I went to this conference called Front End Newcastle and Chris Hellman was there <laughs> and my talk was about the mental health talk. And it was after lunch, and I was literally like, the first photo that of that happened was like me. I was literally just like rethinking everything that happened in my life that got me to a point where I wanted to stand in front of three hundred people and be like, "I'm pretty fucked up. What's up, guys?" <laughs> and I was just like thinking, I was like, "Why am I doing this to myself?" <laughs> and he got that photo, and, I, and it was like, "Can I tweet it?" And I was like, oh, "Okay." It's not like I have a reputation <laughs> sure. or anything, so it's fine. <laughs> And then, like, apparently, I've been told that I'm very memeable. I'm going to take that as a compliment. Cause... Yeah, no, that's a great thing today. I mean, that's that's what you want. And, um, yes. And, yes. And so, I started, like, apparently, a lot more started popping up. Like, a lot of photos that people just took in. I think the best one is, like, I always look at photos that people took of myself talking. Because you get the worst photos like that. Oh, yeah. You yeah, get yeah. the worst ones. Or, like, when you... Upload something to YouTube and like all the recommended thumbnails are just terrible. You're yeah, like, just you look always like look fatter and and like yeah. uglier than you actually are. And yeah, absolutely. And I don't have I don't have a really high self esteem, Michael. So you know that's really bad. Same, same. We're in the same boat here. <laughs> and like a lot of those started happening. And what happened was that I always had to look for them to like send them as reaction gifts to people. <laughs> people said something, and I was like, and I just sent my own photo. Started using my own photo as a reaction GIF, not a GIF, it's a JPEG. Yeah. And so I just uploaded it all to one website because I wanted to learn how to do like Vue and GraphQL at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I did that with Vue and GraphQL, and I was like, "Well, this sounds like a stupid idea. I should put it on the internet." <laughs> and that's what happened. So that was mostly like I think the best way to like to fix one thing. Like, okay, first of all, I do not know how to sing. Okay, no, I know how to sing. Okay. Everyone knows how to sing. That's not the point. I do sing like something's about to die inside of me. <laughs> and I can't scream, so I got nothing for me. But like back when I was a kid, like everyone, I wanted to be a singer. And how I like yeah. adjusted to the fact that that's never going to happen because I suck at it was just by singing more. And be like getting to a point where I'm like, you know what? I can't sing and I can live with it. And like I think my face was the same thing. But with the internet and in pictures, I was just like, you look stupid. And that's okay. At least you made someone <laughs> laugh. You're never going to make anyone laugh with your singing because it really sounds like shit. So that's good. 
So that was my, I think that was my main idea. Like, I think most of the things that I do, like the weirdest thing is that I make no money out of any of the websites that I have. <laughs> I just lose money, which is a great idea. <laughs> oh, I hear that. Which is a great idea. <laughs> okay. I have a very personal question for you. Oh God. How many domains do you own? Okay. So the thing about that is that Namecheap doesn't actually have a number of domains. So I actually have to count yes. them. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They do. I ask because I suffer from the same ailment. I mean, I have hundreds. Oh, no, no, no. I do set them to auto-renew because, you know. Oh, okay. So that's a good strategy. So you, you buy it and then you just let it, you let it expire. I let, it doesn't let it expire, but I get emails. So I'm like, okay, if I'm actually using this, I will, uh, I will like renew it. If I'm not using it, then I won't renew it. And like, I have this domain called innercircle.tech that I have no idea what I'm going to do with it. But I really want <laughs> to do one, something though. with it. <laughs> and I don't want it to be just a photo of Dan Abramov, so I really need to think of something. <laughs> I wanted to make this website where speakers go and complain about conferences, which I actually think would be helpful. That's the problem. Yeah. Because, like, when you get into speaking, there are conferences that are bad. And it's like, anyone listening, yeah, oh, I know, that is a shock. Yeah. But there are conferences. Who do, there are people who do conferences for money. Yes. Go figure. Yes. And, like, that is the truth. And when you get into conference speaking, you actually don't know that. So I'm like, I should make a website, but like, no one is going to go to a website called innercircle.tech and take it seriously. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I need a photo of Dan Abramov. So what is your favorite domain that you are actually publishing something to now? I think it's, when was that domain? When was that domain? I had two that party domains. Party domains are great. Yeah, party domains are great, except they're blocked in a lot of internets in the UK, by the way. Which, oh, no way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're blocked in my company's Wi-Fi. I have the domain Build Dumb Shit. Which is for a talk that I'm gonna do, so I'm just gonna host a yes. talk and build them shit. And I also have make front end shit again that party, which I think is the best domain that I ever <laughs> That is the best domain. That is the best. That domain. is the best domain. I think the best thing was when I realized that you could put curse words in domains. I don't know for some reason I thought that was not allowed. <laughs> it's like that's bad. And you shouldn't do that on the it's internet. <laughs> Surely they can't allow that. These governing bodies can't of allow me to shit. use curse words. <laughs> So tell me about this talk. I know that you have a talk coming up at Nordic JS um, called Build Dumb Shit. And this seems to kind of go along with like what you've been talking about, like buying domains and just like putting stuff out there and like seeing what happens with it. Um, what is the what's the premise of that talk? Uh, so I think a bit about the premise of that talk is that we when we learn something like as individual, first of all, like we're taught as individual. Actually, there's a typo on, on the website. I put thought as like that. Never mind. That was on me, not on them. I sent the typo. Uh, so we have thought as engineers that we're supposed to do something that's going to change the world, Michael. Yeah. Like we're going to make useful things. You know, yes. we're going to change the medical in industry and cure cancer. Yeah. You're probably just going to work on paddings, babe. And it's fine. You're just going to make that button green, but it's going to be the right green. And that's fine. It's going to be the right shade of green. It's going to be beautiful. And the thing that I hate is that I think this started happening more when I moved to Berlin is that every company is going to change the world. <laughs> mm. And it's one of those things like, why do we learn things? And one of them is actually one of the things that I start with, like, is to ask how many of you work in products? Oh, I've done this talk at um, the meetup that I organize here. So how many, of oh, you, cool. how many of you work in products? And like half of the people raise their hands. And then I ask, like, please leave your hands up. Please put, uh, put, uh, leave your hand up if your company believes they're going to change the world. And everyone just started looking around and started laughing. And I was like, that's a lot of world changing, babe. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Do not put apples on the blockchain. That's not a good thing. And it's also like a little bit of a look through to like, is changing the world actually a good thing? Like, for, I, I give two examples. And 
one of them, for example, is Uber. Like, is it is it good? Like, did Uber do a good thing? Like, it changed the、mm. world, but it fucked up a lot of things. And yeah, so we need to start stop like thinking of like I need to change the world to thinking like I need to make the world a better place because sometimes changing the world isn't making the world a better place. Sometimes making the world a way shittier place. That's interesting because it's a it's 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 quantitative, but it's not qualitative. It's not saying like, hey, we want to. This is the thing that we want to see improved in the world as we change it. It's just like, oh, we want to change it. Like we want to change it, and most of the time, it's like we want to change it to make as much fucking money as we possibly can. Exactly, but I think like we're so used to hearing this that we believe. Unless you're a horrible person, like I'm assuming that no one that listens to this talk is a horrible person, which is a lot to assume. But I'm assuming that I'm not. I don't have the gatekeeping of being like super mean on the internet yet. So like maybe my my audience is gonna yell at us. <laughs> but like the thing is, I you always assume that when somebody says like we're changing the world, that we're making the world a better place.、Mm. But that doesn't mean the same thing. And that's the thing that I try to convey in the beginning of the talk. And I'm like, you know what makes the world a better place? That can never be changed. Making people smile, and now you can do that by building dumb shit. And then I start the actual talk. That is a really great intro, and I like. I love that philosophy, right? Like that we we don't focus enough on us, and I think that that's something that, that that's really interesting about you. And it's not about being self centered, but it's about like asking that question of like, I can't change the world if I'm not a happy, healthy, helpful person, right? Like I can only make it worse if I am.、Yep. Like if I'm bad, I can only make it worse by changing the world. Yeah, that's also true. Like if you're, how you feel has an impact on all the things that you do. Like, and if you,、mm-hmm. if you have a really low, first of all, if you, if you really feel like shit, first of all, you will accept any job. And usually, any job doesn't mean it's a good thing. Usually means、yeah. that you're gonna work on something that doesn't really improve the world in any way. Because there are jobs that really just don't improve the world in any way. <coughs> Betting. <laughs> What? <laughs> I, used to, I used to work on betting.、Um, that was great. Actually, the company was great. Just, I, just betting is not great.、Um, and like cigarette companies, yeah, not good, not good. <laughs> as she, as she smokes. Yes, I used to have a T-shirt that said "Smoking Kills," and it was the best T-shirt that I had. And I lost it, and I used to wear it everywhere as I smoked. So that people would be like, "What the fuck is wrong with this girl?" And I'm like, "That's a long list, babe." Sit down. That that never happened. I don't know how to wink to people. That just feels weird. I love it. I love it. I used to. I used to have a sweatshirt. Um, because I'm like half Asian, and I used to have a sweatshirt that just said "Made in America." <laughs> people <laughs> would like flip out. It's like you could really suss out the the racist people. <laughs> I also I found out the best way. The best way, if you ever think that racism is gone, if you have one of those people who thinks that racism is gone, go to any line in the airport. Any line in any airport, anyone. If you stand by the person that's not white, I swear to you, you're gonna be the last one passing through that line. That happened to me in Heathrow. It was terrible. There was like five white people in one line and one like couple of Indian people.、Uh-huh. All the five white people went before, and I was still <laughs> sitting there and I was just looking at them like, "Are you serious right now?" What in the world? What、serious? is this? This is when I got a passport, by the way. <laughs> Because <laughs> you can only you can enter with your ID, but you have to go through another line. And I was like, "Damn, son, that's some racism right there." And then the girl looked at me and she was like, "What was your flight?" And I was like, "From Berlin." And she was like, "Okay," and let me in. I was like, "You bastards! You didn't even you didn't even care who I am." <laughs> <laughs> it's like that thing on Family Guy, which is like with the, the lights of the colors, and you're like, 
You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that. You'll have to send that to me. <laughs> it's when he tries to cross the border. I don't know if it's to Mexico or Canada. And then and they're like, look at him. And they look at like at this card with the colors. And they look at him and it's like, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Every time I go to London, I'm just like, the color thing. The, co- the, the color stick. The color stick. That's what they got. So you've been working... <laughs> You've been working on this podcast. You've mentioned having um, anxiety and suffering from depression like um, and low self-esteem. Uh, you started a podcast where you're talking. It's called brainfork.wtf. I believe that's where it lives. Probably, yes. Probably. It's not WTF, <laughs> Brain Fork <yes>. podcast. <laughs> and you've been, uh, you've been talking openly with people about the um, kind of illnesses that they suffer from and how they've found um, health and kind of workplace balance. Tell me a little bit about that show and what inspired it. Uh, so I work with someone. I have a panic disorder. Mm-hmm. And actually at, um, at YLD, there's someone who also has a panic disorder. And I think what, it, what I realized with that is that we're the ones who make the more jokes. Like, we're the idiot ones, which is the weirdest thing. Like, yeah. we're, we're the two who have depression and who have a panic disorder. And we're the happiest people in the office. <laughs> and we started realizing that, that that's kind of weird. And like, is someone that I usually talk to a lot about that. So we thought like, I think it would be a good thing to, because I got a lot of, one of the weirdest things is that I got a lot of, when I did my mental health talk, I got a lot of messages of people saying like, thank you for, uh, thank you uh, for, for your courage and for saying that. And I was like, really? Okay. That was courageous. Okay. See, mom, See, don't jump yourself to mama. Uh, <laughs> Fuck you, math teacher in high school. Um, failed math, by the way. Uh, and um, we thought, like, maybe we can do a podcast. And um, so the problem is we've both been really busy in the last couple of months. And we also have the editing problem. So we have, like, two podcasts already done, but no editing, oh, editing. done to them. And uh, we really want to continue. But, like, he's been – so he's in the UK and he's not an actual – it doesn't – He's not a UK person, so he's having a lot of problems trying to deal with Brexit and everything. So after that's oh, been true. settled and everything, like we're going to try and continue. But our idea was to bring a lot of people that sometimes we don't know that they have these problems. And sometimes you just skim over them. And I think it's important for, first, first of all, for people to hear the story. Even if you don't have any problems, it's... I, I used to know this person, like, I still know them. I mean, I used to be friends with this person. I just moved, like, he's not dead or anything. <laughs> I, just, I just moved, like, I haven't talked to him in, like, a year. You okay? <laughs> you okay? I'm okay, and he's okay. I think <laughs> I should message him. So, the thing is, in his life, he has never dealt with anyone that had a mental illness. So, when I told him what I had, he was very confused, which is a valid thing. Interesting. And I started yeah, yeah. realizing that, like, some people just lived a very blessed life, and blessed them. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to deal when, like, Someone comes to them, it's like, I have a depression. They're just like, do you want some candy? <laughs> yes, I want candy, but that's not going to help my problem. But thank yes, you. Yes, that too. Give me the candy. Give me the fucking but... mouth teasers, man. Um, <laughs> but, and I started to think that maybe it would be a good idea to just have this talk in the open so that people actually know what to tell people. Like, yeah. if, so, if one more soul tells me to go for a jog, I swear to God, Michael, <laughs> I don't like it. I did go to the gym and I was miserable and sad. No, I was miserable and tired instead of just being miserable. Yeah. It didn't help. <laughs> you just need more jogging in your life. I need more jogging, of course, because it's <laughs> super good weather outside. It's like zero degrees. Just need some jogging. And I just, I think it's like important that people just mention these things because it's not. Yeah. I think a couple of years ago, like by a couple, it means like four. 
like it's still a stigma but it's up to us to like get the stigma out it's like 10 years ago being gay was a stigma Mm -hmm. maybe i just don't care if it is it doesn't matter yeah (laughs) but it's not such a stigma anymore and that's because people started coming out and started saying like i don't care yeah i like boobs and that's fine and and I think it's the same thing that we need to do with things that have to do with mental health. It's like a lot of people suffer from anxiety. Yeah. And a lot of people just assume that's their life. And that's what happened to me. Like if you spend a long time with something that doesn't incapacitate you as a human being, like you can still have a job and friends and life and whatever. Yes. You're just going to assume that that's your life forever mm-hmm. because you can still have a life. Like you're just going to think like, I guess either everyone lives like that or I just have slightly different brain than everyone else. And this is how I live. And that's fine. It's not fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Because if you don't talk about it, you don't know. Yeah. That's one thing that was super fascinating to me about the episode. You, uh, I, man, I I can never remember. I always get into this place where I'm, I, I'm about to mention somebody. And then I realize that I only know their like Twitter name. But you did an episode with Cher on uh, our, Twitter. Our name is Cher. So it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 <laughs> I, I assume so. But like, there are a couple of times where you're like, oh, wait, that you say it. And they're like, oh, that's not actually their name. Um, <laughs> yeah. And. I was just blown away, first of all, by her candor, like talking about everything, but just how much she has to like how much extra effort she has to put in just to like do the work every day. Right. And to kind of manage her expectations about things. And um, it was just so eye opening. And it, it gave me like I don't I don't suffer from from those things. But it gave me such an important lens into having empathy for people who who do. And when you work with people, like to not just try to extract all that you can extract from them, but to really like be kind to them and to work with them and to like understand where their limitations are, where their boundaries are, and how hard they're working to just kind of do what most people take for granted. And also stop. I think one of the things that is also really important is that Every if you don't have these problems, you need to stop thinking that you can fix these problems because yes, a lot of people who don't never had any problems they also like I like when a lot of people are just like that's in your head and I'm like so is pain. Do you want to get punched in the face? <laughs> 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 that doesn't make any sense. What you're saying doesn't make any sense. Did you ever like look online about anything? Okay, not the point. But um, if you never had them, like. Also, it has been tough for a long time. Like, there's a lot of parents who still say that. Like, I had a friend's pair. Mom, we used to say that she wished she had time to have a depression because in her head, you have a depression if you think a lot about things and you're just sad. Yeah. And if you grow up with this, like you just think that having a depression is that you're just sad. So you can fix it. Like you don't have a bad, in your intention is pure and your intention is good. Yeah. But you just think like, no, I can fix this person. I just need to show them how it's like to have fun and everything, which is fine, but it's not going to help. And you're just going to get frustrated and the person's going to start getting yeah. frustrated with you. There is no need. You just need to help. You just need to listen. And that's it. Like most 90% of the times people just want you to listen, even if they don't have any mental issues. 90% of the times people just want you to listen. <laughs> just in general. Man, that is the truth. That is so the truth. I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, if you want to advance in your career, like just listen to people on their shit. Listen to people complaining. That's when it comes out. Oh, man. Just nod your head. Yes, yes, yes. Like throw in a couple, you know, clarifying questions every once in a while and man like you you'll go straight to the top anywhere that is true 90 percent of the time people don't want also i think i think there's also a big difference this is actually i think it's been proven i'm not sure it's been proven i mean when it says it's been proven it's on the internet it's like (laughs) there's this major difference apparently between men's and women's brains 
um, which is like, we don't want men to fix. Th- I don't really care. Like I'm gay, but you know what I mean. Like most most of the <laughs> I know pe- what you mean. most <laughs> of the people are straight, so they're gonna care. Are they? Are they still? They're still straight, right? That's still. I don't know. I don't. Okay. I, I don't keep track of that number. Okay, I should. <laughs> you should. You should buy a domain and build a site that keeps track of like the percentage of. Uh, are you gay? Uh, straight people. <laughs> <laughs> click the button to say yes. <laughs> if you click the button in half, then you're bi. If you hit the button right. Oh, right, where you click on the button. Means is, how gay uh, you are. Yeah, how gay you are. I yes. No idea what that means. <laughs> I don't. I definitely don't. I, you're, not, you're not gay enough. What does that even mean? <laughs> you're is making the site, not me. Do I get a free credit card? <laughs> do, I, do I need to do a test? I failed the test. Um, I have no idea what I was saying. <laughs> I don't. Oh, I don't. Either. Men like women. Like they don't. When you when, when I talk to other women for most mostly, like I have the man brain. Usually, it was like when someone complains something to me. I just want to fix their problem. It's like if they're complaining sure. that like react to shit, I'm like, just use view. I don't care. Like, I don't, <laughs> I didn't used to listen. I used to be like, view is shit. It's like, use react and just walk away. <laughs> fix that one. <laughs> Job of the day. Cool. Next. Next person. Next complaint. <laughs> and like most of the times what I've started to realize is that when I started to learn how to interact with other people is that most of the times people just want you to listen and like be like, yeah. 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 But like when you have like a very uh, analytical brain, which is like men have more of that than than women, but a lot of women have that. Like I have that too. It's like, you just want to fix it. Yeah. You're just like, that problem is bugging me. He's like, I can't deploy this to Netlify. It's like, fucking use now. (laughs) You don't listen. I have heard that trick from like an interviewer. He was saying like, if you tilt your head just a little bit and like nod, like the the person will continue to talk about whatever they were talking about. That's it's true. like this weird little hack that you can just this is this is like my meetup hack that I always like tell people like if you're trying to like break into the industry and like you like you're going to meetups all the time like you do the head tilt and like nod like it's the most interesting thing you've ever heard. <laughs> it's like complaining about tabs or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And because a lot of people are are insecure about kind of getting out there and networking, right? Like, yeah people go to conferences because they want to meet people but then also they they have that sense of like dread about actually having a conversation with people yeah and man what i've learned is like a, there's someone in all of those groups that just wants to talk and like if you nod your head like you will ingratiate yourself to that person like no other <laughs> when you get into tech and if you don't have a tech background what happens is and i think this happened to me and it's happened to pretty much everyone it's just like you feel like you've been put into this like place it's like someone got you yeah. up and put you in this place and everyone around you is just like super smart and you're the idiot and you're just like if i start talking to them they're gonna realize it <laughs> they're gonna <laughs> totally. know and it's it's the it's the really old-fashioned thing of like i didn't have any background in this i don't know what i'm talking about and yeah honestly that is the best thing is just go and like you don't have to talk just nod just nod and you'll start realizing that and that is the best thing about public speaking is that you realize that everyone is an idiot and that is okay. Yes. You you meet the people that you really admire and they're super smart, obviously, but they're also idiots. Sure. And you're like, I love you more now. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that is that is so the truth. Like I when people ask me like about like which conferences they should go to, I'm always like, talk at conferences. Like you'll re- like right now, like you have this vision of like what the people who are talking at conferences are like. And like, it's not like that. Like, it's not just like all. a bunch of people like you who know about the same amount of stuff as you probably do, but they're just on stage and getting that access to like a whole class of like different 
different people who are like doing interesting things, like working really hard and um, just having a good time, right? I think there's also this idea of like this really high thing of like everyone that speaks at conferences must be the best in their field, Mm -hmm. which is not true. Like not to put the people who speak at conferences badly, because I also do that. But like one person actually asked me like, if I, do I need to know everything to speak at a conference? And I was like, you should know what you're talking about. But if you're talking about if you're talking about CSS, then you don't need to know all the local storage API works. Yes. That you should know what you're talking about, but not everything. That's not a thing. Like there are people who talk about very specific things and they're masters in those things. It doesn't mean they know everything. No one knows everything. That sounds mm-hmm. terrible. So high maintenance. <laughs> but I think there's something that That's what the internet is for. That's what Google is for. Wikipedia. <laughs> there's also this glamorous idea of like that speakers are the elite. And like I have traveled to conferences with like 40 euros in my bank account. It was terrible. Mostly because that conference was in London. And like, that's not cheap. I walked everywhere. It was terrible. Um, but like, yeah. like, I've done conferences as an intern. Like, I didn't have any money. They have this idea as well. Like, most people have this idea that like, we're rich. No, we're not. I live in a one-bedroom apartment in Mitte. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not a thing. I wish it was, though. <laughs> I know my face got really sad for a moment. I like, yeah, no, I, I, I wish it was. <laughs> Where's my money, Michael? I also wish it was. Okay, wait. I know it's it, it's really interesting the the discrepancy. Like I think that a lot of people have this vision of like you being able to like build up an audience and then you can just be like you're just super rich just for like having an audience. And that's just not true. I mean like I have lost money every episode of this podcast that I have launched like up to this point i've lost money with every single thing that i have on the internet i've never made any money no i made like 20 cents back when code fund was a thing code sponsor like on github but after that yeah yeah no money just nothing since just flatlined just flatlined completely i think the most adorable thing that has ever happened to me was that i had graphql europe which is in berlin like i think they changed the name it's graphql conf now but I had a, a lightning talk at GraphQL Europe, and then I had a lightning talk, and I had a talk at, in Darmstadt, which is near Frankfurt. And like I, ca- I got a plane from Berlin to Frankfurt. This was when I lived in Forno. And then I got a bus, because the bus is 20 minutes. And one of the people, like, there was this really adorable human being. Fucking adorable dude. Tom. Timmy. I call him Timmy. His name is Tim. Timmy. 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 So Timmy points at me, like, as I'm waiting for the bus, smoking a cigarette, and he, like, points at me, and he's like, GraphQL? And I'm like, yes. Think so, and so we sit on the bus together, and he's like, "What are you doing on the bus?" And I'm like, "I have a conference in Darmstadt." And he's like, "Yeah, but why are you on the bus?" And I was like, "Because the bus takes me to Darmstadt." <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, but I don't get why you're on the bus. You're one of the speakers." And I'm like, "What does that mean? What do you, what should I be?" And he's like, "I thought you all took took taxis everywhere." I was like, "What? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no, man, I'm on the bus." <laughs> like I would overdraft my bank account if I took a taxi right now. I'm like, I'm not gonna take a taxi in Frankfurt. And it's like, why would I take a taxi? But like it was so adorable because it was the first time that someone actually assumed that I was rich. Because I dressed like yeah, a teenager, yeah. Michael. Like every time I go to the grocery <laughs> shop, they either assume that I like live above the slightly above the poverty line or that I'm nineteen. I got carded for cigarettes like two weeks ago. It was beautiful. I'm twenty-seven. <laughs> I think there's a picture of you on our site in unicorn leggings and a flannel. Yes. Which is amazing. That, that was the Asian conf the last year. Which is amazing. That's the mental it's health amazing. Dog. It had a point, though. 
It was my point okay. in that talk. Like, I did say what I was wearing that. It was because, like, if I can dress like a fucking idiot, you can tell people about your mental health problems. <laughs> and that photo has been seen by a lot of people, so please tell people about your mental health problems. I've done, I've done my part. <laughs> <laughs> I even made a meme website. So this was my big question. Uh, sorry, it took me so long to actually get to, like, the... Sorry, the, I uh, keep bullshitting around. The, the practical one. No, are you kidding me? This is, like, I'm, ha- I'm having a great time. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Anytime. We can have this every week if you want. <laughs> <laughs> so I noticed that you're just like all over the place. You're giving talks. You're contributing to projects that I love and taking time to um, build, you know, build dumb shit. All this stuff you have. Um, is that part of your role as a developer advocate? Is that just stuff that you do on your own time? What does it mean to be a developer advocate? I know that's a lot of questions, but it's just like a big ball of mud in my head. And I'd love to know okay. what it is that you do. So as a developer advocate for a consultancy. So in my case, what that meant was, at least in my idea, what that meant. And I think what you should strive on as a developer advocate is to teach people, mm. is to do your best to teach people and to help in projects that actually help the world. That's right. I, uh, a lot of quotes on that. Like projects that you believe in. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know what I mean? Things that you use in sure. your real life and you think are good. And not evil. Well, for That's example, you've it. contributed a lot to um, to Code Sandbox. That's I know fucking that a lot of... great, Michael. Are you kidding me? Oh, I, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but like, is that a good example of something that you see as a like a, a useful, helpful project in the world? And so you are able to contribute to that as part of your developer advocacy job? Yes. So open source is okay. part of my developer advocacy job. And one of the reasons that I chose Code Sandbox is, first of all, Hives is fucking adorable. <laughs> Second of all, I actually use Code Sandbox, and I used it in... Um, in so the, I think one of the first things that I did is because I used Code Sandbox in workshops, and what kept happening to me, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but it's like, you make this file, which is supposed to be your start file for your project, and then you forget to like fork it, and then your file yes. is gone. So I made a yes. frozen feature. <laughs> It's like you can like tap frozen and then when you save it and and it just forks it automatically. Okay. And that's because that's because it was something that I needed. And I was like, I'm not going to ask Hives to do this. Like, this is part of my job, so I should do this. And then I just stared at the code for two weeks and I was like, I'm so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? So is that how long it took you? I have no idea. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, no, he actually helped me. It didn't take me that. I don't think it took me like a long time. Because he, it was because nice. I always like I, I see your your throughput and I think like she just must be like a genius because she is just putting stuff out there all the time. <laughs> the, the, the face you're giving me is classic and indicates that I am completely wrong about this. But yeah. I always I I see your work and I'm like oh dang like she like you just launched a a library the other day the CSSX for did you um, did you see the code because it's literally four, fourteen lines of code. <laughs> well, it looks super impressive from the outside. <laughs> I know, right? That's the trick. <laughs> <laughs> that is the trick. Finding things that look really good. That uses like the MDX provider that just passes everything that you put inside of it. Like if it finds that the class is language CSX, it gets everything that you put inside of it and puts it as a global style with emotion. Oh, interesting. Easy. Yeah, that's the thing. Most <laughs> things that we think are really hard are actually really easy. And then the things that we think, oh, this is going to be five minutes. You're going to cry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you will cry. Yeah. So, yeah, I think like most of the thing about developer advocacy and what I think that is the part that I enjoy the most is teaching people. Mm. 
And that's one of the reasons why I started contributing to Code Sandbox is because Code Sandbox allowed me to, to teach people more easily. Yes. Which is something that the there needs to be somewhere where there's a low barrier to frameworks like React. Mm-hmm. And there is none. I mean, create React app has did a good job, but you still need to use the CLI and everything. And it's not shareable automatically. And you're not going to teach everyone how to Git because I don't know how to Git, Michael. <laughs> Damn. Git sometimes gets weird. Uh, and I believe that Code Sandbox actually helps with this. Like It does. It, it helps a lot with just sharing things. Like every rich router is a really good example of it where all of their examples are on Code Sandbox. I could just copy and paste mm-hmm. things. It's just a bad. Yes. I could be yeah. like, this is what I want. I can copy and paste it instead of just looking at code and be like, this, I don't, what? <laughs> Yeah, and the fact that it does use Create React App as a like starting point, yeah, um, it it ensures that you can copy and paste stuff, and then you aren't going to have like, or for a lot of people um, who are using Create React App, that you can copy and paste stuff and not have any problems, right? Because it's the same class of assumptions, like yeah. under the hood. You can also just if you start a Create React App on your computer, you can also upload it from GitHub to there, and it will still work. Man, the more I think about that project, the more I'm just in love with it. It's such a great teaching tool. And I remember I, I was teaching a friend of mine how to just do web development from from scratch. Yeah. And I was like, don't do don't use anything but this. Like, just use this. You can go from like just clicking a starter to building something and then deploying it onto the internet all from this, all from this thing. It's and I think the it's a masterpiece. Thing, the best thing that we added. Honestly, which is really weird, is a static template. There's no bundler in it. It's just an index.html. (laughs) And you can add things to it. And I'm just like, this is great. Most of it because we needed to send people somewhere that didn't have parcel for web components. But also because there is no bundling. So you can just get someone to be go there and like do all the CSS things they want to learn and just reload the thing. There's no bundling involved. Yeah. This is an index.html that runs on this thing on the side which I just realized that there's no video on podcasts. So this thing that I'm doing with my hands is completely useless. But <laughs> She's gesticulating wildly. Yes, though. It's, yes. It, 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 it's all very Italian. clear if you can it's, see it. It's, um, yeah, it's a Latin <laughs> thing. Let's just, say, let's just stay with that. But focus, Michael. Teaching. <laughs> I think it's honestly mostly about teaching and trying to realize what are people's problems when getting into tech. Yeah. This is, yeah. This is a really, like trying to understand what is the setbacks that people have, mm-hmm. why they feel insecure, and how you can help with them not feeling so secure. Why can you teach them? Why can you, how can you like, how can you help the tech community? And I think that's the idea of a developer advocate is to help the tech community. Like, I, I know that a lot of people think it's not a real job. Honestly, fucking hell. Do you know how many airports I saw, Michael? <laughs> I saw so many airports. So there's this airport in Amsterdam, which everyone will know what I'm talking about. That airport is 20 square kilometers. 20 square kilometers. 20. Yes. So for an an, an idea, the entirety of Porto as a city is 40. So (laughs) (laughs) I know where things are in that airport because I've stopped there so many times. And I used to have to use Google Maps inside. They have delivery. They have food delivery inside the airport. (laughs) Holy cow. Yes. (laughs) It's like our Uber Eats, basically. (laughs) Um, It's great. Bless their living room. But... Honestly, like honestly, I think there's this idea that being a developer advocate is just like you just go on planes and you speak at conferences, and that's also true. But this mostly comes from people who have not spoken, don't know how exhausting actually speaking in conferences is, yeah, and traveling in is. And also, there's a lot of things that go behind the scenes of the teaching and everything that you do in your community that also 
is not really visible. Yeah. So developer advocacy is teaching people is to understand the problems that people have and understand what is their what is their main problems. And if you don't know them, learn them and teach them. You just you, you learn things to teach others. Yeah. And that is the best thing. That sounds awesome. So what's the um, what's the business value of having developer advocates? Um, what is the reason that because the role sounds awesome. You get to if you want to give talks, if you want to contribute to projects that you love. Um, what's the business value for the company? I think for if you have a product. So, for, uh, for example, one big example is uh, Prisma, for example. They have a developer advocate, which is Nicholas Burke. The only reason I know Prisma is because of Nicholas Burke. And I've used Pisma, Pisma, Prisma, Prism. Oh, no, Prism is the JavaScript. Thing. I think it is Prisma. Yeah, it's yeah. Prisma for for a very long time, and I've known Nick for a very long time, and I owe him everything because he taught me GraphQL. And mm. in terms of if you have a product, I think the, m- the main thing is that you have someone actually talking to developers to try and understand what is their pro- problem with your product. Like, why can't they use them? Is the API crap? Is the CLI not that good? Is it really like is it is it hard? Why are you not using them? And also, you have someone who speaks at conferences that even if they don't speak about your product, for example, you have someone that is constantly speaking at conferences say, I work for this company. Sure. And that will get stuck in your mind. And if you need something, like, for example, one of these examples is Algolia as well. Algolia sponsors a lot of conferences and, mm-hmm. and does a lot of developer advocacy. And one of the things was that the moment I needed a search thing, I was like, oh, yeah, there's Algolia. I can use that. Algolia. Yeah. Yep. And... So I think if you have a product, I think that is your main thing because you have someone that actually understands the developers and can actually like transmit the problems that they have with your, pro- with your product. And also, for example, Netlify is a good example of this. They have Phil, amazing, I love Phil. And Phil, no, this has nothing to do with Phil, it's just nothing to do with Netlify. So Netlify does not expect for you or me to pay for Netlify, but they expect us to love it from the bottom of our hearts so that our company does. And mm-hmm. most companies that I know that use Netlify pay for it. Sure, and sure. That is the, I think the best value is that you go through developers to get the companies. And Interesting. if you, I think if you have a consultancy, uh, the main thing is that to get the name of your consultancy out there. Okay. Because honestly, like for example, uh, in London, it's really hard to hire people. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I've heard that it's a problem. I don't know. A lot of people live in London. I, I don't know. It's like, there's like 10 of us. And um, it's important for I think one of these com- companies, like, for example, Formidable also has a lot of really talented people helping with open source. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know Formidable. Yes, I do. Point and take, point taken. <laughs> <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> I would say, like, you know Formidable, right? You're welcome, Ken Wheeler. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Ken Wheeler, a force, a force. A force of nature, a force of America. <laughs> Well, hey, uh, we've been talking for a good amount of time. I want to let you get on with your night. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Do you have any um, kind of like parting wisdom for us? Anything that you want to want to pitch or encourage people with? The floor is yours. Please speak at meetups and conferences. Do not think it's a smart people thing. There's no thing is there's no such thing as a smart people thing. That's not a thing. <laughs> Just share your knowledge. And if you think you have nothing to teach people, I am sure you do. I am sure that everyone has something to teach people, no matter how peculiar or like really thinking it is, you have something to teach that I don't know. And Michael doesn't know. And no one knows. Absolutely. I I don't know a lot. Oh my God. It's a very low bar. I know, right? (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) please speak at meetups. And if you like it, please speak at conferences. We need you. Otherwise, we'll just keep rotating the same people. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, the truth we've heard enough from these people yes 
<laughs> I have nothing here to say, guys. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> the well is dry. Oh, my God. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, Sarah, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you coming back onto the show. It's always great to have you. Uh, I hope to have you again sometime soon. Anytime, boy. Hey, friends. Before you go, I just wanted to leave you with one thing. I completely 100% agree with Sarah's parting wisdom. You should be speaking more. You should share what you know because people need to hear it and they need to hear it from you. Right now is the precursor to conference season. So many people are opening and closing CFPs on the weekly. You absolutely have what it takes. And I deeply encourage you that if you've been on the fence, this year is your year. This episode of React Podcast was edited by Mikhail Delport, and it was produced by Mikhail Delport and Sarah Jackson at Spec FM. Spec is a network designed to help you level up, whether you're a designer or a developer. Visit spec.fm to find more. As always, your reviews of this show on your podcatcher of choice really do help us produce the best show we can possibly make. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you like. Let us know who you'd like to hear from and what you'd like to hear more about. Keep up to date by following us on Twitter at React Podcast. I'm at Chantastic. Or joining us on Spectrum at spectrum.chat slash specfm slash React Podcast. Again, this episode was made possible by Linode. I love them. For a $20 credit, visit linode.com slash react today and bring life to that project that's just been in your imagination all of these years. As always, thank you so much for listening. We'll be in your ears again next week. 